and welcome to Pints and Politics. Pints and Politics is a weekly discussion program of all things political, coming to you through the facilities of Trent Radio, CFFF in Peterborough, 92.7 on your FM dial. My name is Bill Templeman. In addition to this radio show, Pints and Politics is streamed live from the Trent Radio website. We also have a podcast at pintsandpolitics.ptbopodcasters.ca. These podcasts are also available on iTunes. And every Thursday, a smallish crew of pundits gathers at Garnet Pub in Aylmer and Hunter at 5 p.m. downtown Peterborough for an informal gathering where we talk about all things political at all levels. Everyone's welcome. Please join us. We post on Twitter at Bill Temp and on the Cooperate Facebook page. And joining me today is Sheila Wood, who's running in Ashburnham. Welcome, Sheila. And thank you for doing this and inviting me. Okay, now, Sheila, uh, the first question, uh, why have you decided to run? Now, I understand you've run before, so you know what you're getting into. <laughs> well, I have run before. I've uh, run municipally uh, way back in the 90s, and that's uh, quite a story because I ran for mayor. I had really no idea what I was doing, but enjoyed the experience so much. There was eight of us at the time, and one was a clown, so I don't know how to express that, but it was fun. The other uh, time I have uh, been involved in politics is I did run in 2014 for the NDP here in Peterborough and that was an amazing experience too. So between that having a daughter at Queen's Park in, uh, as an elected MPP I'm pretty political and I, I love it and I love meeting people. Now what do you hope to bring to this campaign as a candidate? Well I would like to see first of all I, I feel that we haven't had enough communication accountability and transparency and we need to have more dialogue so for me personally in my area of Ashburnham I want to see four town ward meetings not one in a bit I want to have a quarterly newsletter so that people can actually hear about the issues and and respond or do topics because I think it's my, it's their voice that I want to bring to council and to help make the decisions that we need to in our community okay now obviously you're aware of the local issues and what's been going on in council and in the news over the last couple of years. What issues do you think will emerge during the, the campaign when you go knocking on doors? Well, I have been out knocking on doors in this heat, and let me tell you, it's uh, been an experience, right? However, everyone has been very nice and very congenial. And the main issues I've, I've heard, and not in any any one order at all, is that it's about transportation, greenways, P, uh, PDI is still a hot topic, and which one I do not believe we should be selling. I would go on record with that. And we should wait till we have a new municipal council. Uh, sustainability going forward, right? Our Greenways program, and as you probably saw in the paper today, that it has been canceled again because the province is not going to put in the money and the city of Peterborough apparently doesn't have the money to do the $15 million to do that. But let me tell you, we have been asking for that since 2008. So there's got to be some money there. Other issues are roads, proper planning, of course, the parkway. People do not want to see the parkway, but they do want to see better transportation, a mixed transportation for our city because we have such a diverse uh, group of people here. And of course, the casino. The casino is still a hot topic simply because it is going to have a trickle-down effect on our services. And people don't realize that yet. It's a bricks and mortar. Uh, online gambling is the way to go. So it, eventually, we're going ha- to be stuck with a white elephant. I put that on the record right now because that's exactly what happened to Ajax after 10 years. Interesting. Now, in Ajax, they built a casino, and as the expression 
is not. They didn't come. And so what happened there? Well, it's closing because of all the other casinos that are opening. I mean, there's only so much of uh, people and tourists and so on and so forth to go around, right? But it's been taken over because Pickering is going to do this big entertainment conglomerate. Mm-hmm. Right. So you're, you're swallowed up. But, you know, I fought that. I was on the no casino committee. I was on uh, the no parkway committee. You know, I, I, I'm an activist at heart. I listen to people. But at the same time, you know, when you're planning your community and here we are with a mis- municipal election that we should be thinking outside these silos and looking to the future, because that's where it's at. I might not be in that future. I hope I am, mm-hmm. but I, and I am elected. But at the same time, I want people to start thinking about that. All right. Now, you mentioned, um, you know, having been involved with some of these issues, you just described your involvement in the casino. What should the city be doing differently in terms of uh, civic engagement, how, how they engage how the city, both staff and politicians, engage with the public on issues in between elections? Well, that's my big thing. It is about communication. So I believe as a councillor, when you're elected as a councillor, you have to bring that your constituents' voice to council. So you cannot have enough meetings, in, in, in my view. Like if there are big topics like uh, PDI, like there was with the parkway, like there was with the casino. You need to have uh, meetings with your constituents, do those reports, put those reports to staff, have them incorporated. And when you're on council, every time you can use a tool at your um, disposal, like under a motion or, you know, let's have a referendum or let's have another report or under new business, you've got to use that. It's okay to sit on council and, and yell out, I don't agree. I don't want this. You've got to have something to back that up. Uh, f- fair enough. Now, what would you like to focus on yourself during this campaign? And, and let me frame that a bit. I was impressed by um, Dan Terrian's uh, um, launch speech where she, sh- where she said, uh, I'm going to focus on jobs, uh, infrastructure, and the economy. So what, what are your three? Well, I have more than th- three, but I'll, I'll put it this way. For the ward of Ashburnham, I want to focus on the ward. First and for- foremost, I want to see more vitality there. I want to see more events. We have a great downtown. I'm a great supporter of downtowns. I worked uh, for the downtown BIA for 11 and a half years. So I feel that that's your base. You attract people. You have promotions. You have this this happening. For the whole city, I would say for the three that that encompasses Ashburnham too, is a transportation plan that is good, that not only looks at, you know, uh, speed bumps or slowing down traffic, but looks at a bigger picture. Like today in the paper, there's going to be a huge development up on the east of the lift lock, 354 homes and apartments. And, and here we go back to communication. We hear about it today. They're having a meeting on Thursday. People are on holiday. Who's, uh, who's, Who's touching base with this? So transportation, mm-hmm. um, I'd like to focus on uh, sustainability, green waste. They took away our, star- our styro- styrofoam program. Mm-hmm. Styrofoam. It mm-hmm. was a minimal cost, $50,000. Like we go backwards. Other cities have green waste programs. Other cities have styrofoam. So I want to see that happen. That's important to me. Mm-hmm. Sidewalks, mobility issues affordable housing. I mean, I could go on, but but transportation, proper planning, and just let me say, 
if you have an official plan, and I know about official plans for many years with the big box stores, you should stick to your official plan. I know it's fluid, but if you have that, you stick to it and you make it work and you incorporate health, well-being, transportation, social housing. You incorporate all the great reports that have been done over the last millennium of years that I've been around and you put this in and you stick to it. You don't just say, oh, because some developer comes in, oh, we're going to let you have that. Right. Now, how do you see the official plan playing out in the future? In other words, if the city proceeds as they say they will, how will citizens get more input into this? Or is it going to be the Peterborough <laughs> habit of a fait accompli, we'll get a, uh, an official plan with a bow wrapped around it uh, sometime this winter, and it'll be voted on in, in March, and that'll be it. Boom. Well, it goes back again to communication. When you elect those councillors, you know, and, and they represent you, they bring your voice, they have got to make sure that you have all the information that you need. You have extra money that they, that they have to use. And let's not forget, it is not your money. It's the taxpayer's money. They pay your salary. You work for them. So if, you, if it need be, print off information for them or give them the, the websites if they're, on, if they're online. Make sure it, it, it's out there. And that's why I like a, a quarterly, quarterly newsletter because for some people, that's how they're going to get their information because they don't read the papers anymore. Right. Now, uh, I understand in Hamilton, there's a group of citizens, know, they call themselves a council watch. And what they do is, it's all volunteer run, they attend all the meetings, they record when uh, votes are taken, they record when reports are due. And so they, they translate uh, what happens internally, bureaucratically, if I may, and then let people know. So people can, uh, so the, the, the citizen who has maybe family responsibilities, full-time job, et cetera, or a bunch of jobs these days, uh, can participate. Could we do something like that in Peterborough? Absolutely. I mean, it's, it's like having uh, your own shadow cabinet. I mean, for me personally, if I am elected, I would love to engage a young person at Sir Sanford or Trent or even in the high schools who's interested in politics, who wants to maybe even go into politics and engage them to shadow me at City Hall and, and do some research and learn the issues because we need young people going forward. And if we have a shadow group or this this civic watch group as there is in, in Hamilton, I think that's an excellent thing because it does allow you to network with more people and more people then know the issues. That's the problem. You, you hear about things like like this development today and, and the shutting down of the waste green program because of the province won't give you money. Well, we got to figure out a way to do it anyway. But to me, it's like, okay, we, we heard about it today. Why? Like, why didn't we have this information? It has to go through channels. It has to come go somewhere before it comes to, to the city and they put it in the paper for a public meeting. Now, you're touching on a political relationship that's just evolving. Of course, the city of Peterborough and the new provincial government under Doug Ford. How should the city play this particular hand? You know, up in, for the last four years, of course, Jeff Leal was in, and it was really, uh, I, I shouldn't say straightforward, but I, I sense more of a partnership. What do you see, and involving Dave Smith, of course, the local um, MPP, how is this going to evolve going forward? 
Well, first of all, I'd just like to say, and I mean this for everyone, uh, counselors, mayors, uh, and, and provincial, federal, whatever, just because you get elected, you don't stop knocking on doors and finding out what's going on. So I believe the city has to lobby Dave Smith has to have a dialogue with him to find out why they cut out 758 green uh, contracts and and our cap and trade and our and you know their carbon and the waste program. We have to, in essence, use the tools that we will have too. AMO. People don't realize how wonderful AMO is. And AMO, and some people don't like it. Granted. But to me, the- uh, excuse me, because we're on radio, could you um, give a brief explanation of what AMO is? Yes, uh, sorry. Okay, AMO is the Association of Municipalities of Ontario. And that's where you go and you get ideas, what other cities are doing for best practices. So I will be a firm person, a firm person, I will be a firm believer in uh, going to AMO on my ticket, on my dime, to find out what's going on mm-hmm. with other cities and bring that those issues back to my community. I think that's very important. Also, going to Queen's Park. It's not a big deal to go to Queen's Park. You can go, you can sit in the gallery, right? If you know someone that's on one of the other parties, you get a little pass, but you don't even have to know someone that's on a party. And you, and you watch what's going on there. But you also have to lobby them. So you lobby your uh, M- MP here you lobby your MP for federal you know all of this takes takes time but at the same time it should be on a regular basis it should be you know right. like if you're elected if I'm elected as a counselor I want to have a meeting every what four weeks maybe like every every quarterly term with with these representatives from the province and the federal to say listen this is what's happening in our city I don't know if you know this I know you're busy up at uh, in Ottawa or at, in in Toronto, but we need to we need to talk about this issue. Okay, now you and I have both had the experience of presenting to council. You know, I call it the firing squad. You stand up there and you, your eyes swing. There's that great uh, U-shaped table, and uh, as my eye travels around there, I notice that there are most of the people are um, above the age of fifty and are. are are male, and there are very few women, there are very few young people. How does that evolve? How do we get a more representative council? I, I, and I, I, older men have a right to run for you. Know, <laughs> you're listening to one uh, I ran last time, but how do we get council to look more like the streets of Peterborough? Granted, we, we have a high proportion of senior citizens and their participation, of course, is essential. But how do we get more more women involved, more young people involved? Well, big, big question, Bill, and I don't know if I have all the answers, but I am pleased this time to be running. I'm the only woman running in Ashburnham, and I do use that at the door, and people and women do like it because they said, we haven't seen a woman on council in our area since Patty Peters, right? So that's a that's a nice thing to hear. Sylvia Sutherland mentioned to me that uh, apparently this is the highest number of women that's ever run. Although she did sit when she was mayor, she sat on a council where there were four sitting women. That's correct. She's and I remember those times, and I am so so excited that there are so many strong women running. I mean, we have Diane Terrian from there. We have Kim Zippel. Um, we have uh, Jane Davidson, Kemi, uh, myself, um, 
I can't remember all of Charmaine, them. Charmaine uh, and a lady that used to have a business. Oh, in Jenny Ashland. Lenko. Je Jenny Lenko. So I am yeah. so happy about that. And, um, and I believe that women do have a different voice when it comes to mm -hmm. the issues of uh, the community mm -hmm. and a different way of expressing it and putting things forward. Right. Now, I've been told, and it's certainly come up in these, these programs, that uh, the youth vote in Peterborough, <clears throat> while it's potentially uh, substantial, is very hard to chase, and that students at Trent and Fleming tend to not pay attention. How do you plan to engage the youth in your campaign? Well, I've already started, right? I have it, um, you know, like uh, in terms of going to the door. When I talk to parents and to, and to people at the door, I don't just say, I want your vote. I say, I want your grandson, your granddaughter, your, your son, your daughter, anyone who's living in that home, right? I say how important that is. The other way is what we're doing right now is Trent, uh, Trent Radio putting this out when the students come back. I mean, some are back, some are coming back, some are going. Mm -hmm. It's very, it's a, it's an up, it's, it's always fluctu fluctuating. Sure. The other thing I think what, uh, what is about people is what I mentioned about engagement, is having someone, a young person, right, who can talk to other young people, shadow a counselor. It, you know, I, I, I think if every counselor did that, mm -hmm. look at the amount, like look at the networking we would have with students and young people at Trent and Sir Sam. Now, in terms of involving young people, what, what, what are the three things that not only you as an individual, but just all candidates need to do to improve that participation? Is there something, is there a different behavior, a different way of approaching? And I'm thinking also of technology. I mean, until, well, until maybe 15 years ago, campaigning was doing what you're doing now, the door-to-door -door stuff. Uh, and that's essential. I'm not uh, denigrating that at all. But in addition to door-to-door, -door, now candidates have to be on top of their social media game. And then there's this new thing looming on the horizon. It's getting stronger each election. Of course, online voting. Mm -hmm. uh, how can you respond to those two trends, the social media and online voting? Well, first of all, you have to have social media. You cannot at this time in life, in, in your life, if you're running for politics or or even in, in jobs, you've got to know your social media. So so I have Twitter, I have Facebook. I didn't do a web page because I believe uh, in a ground game. I am someone that, that believes the personal conversation is as important as anything mm -hmm. that you would write and type into a, a website. For online voting, you have to put that out in your information. You have to say you can vote early, you can vote online, you can vote uh, advanced voting, and you have to give the dates. Also, I think it's a, it's a good thing that uh, where there's young people and there are events and things are happening, you got to go and you just got to be yourself. Sometimes politicians or, you know, if you're elected, you start talking in a political speak, you know, um, oh, I'm, a, I'm the counselor and I know this. You got to get down there and just say, hey, what's happening? What's going on in your life? Are you looking for a job? Can you find a job? you got to ask the questions, too. Okay. Now, during the campaign, uh, as you all know, candidates write their own policy. The three, the, the big four political parties, the Greens, NDP, Liberals, Conservatives, they really don't, they're really not players in the municipal campaign. Or are they? <laughs> in other words, how do we keep partisanship on the left-right spectrum I'm not going to say out of the campaign because that's like keeping oxygen out of our lives. But uh, how do we keep it 
under control so we don't have these slates running and the factions developing on, on council? I think it's the person you are. If your beliefs are for, uh, um, you know, taking care of health care, taking care of affordable housing, uh, helping people who uh, who are marginalized. If you if you feel uh, you can have a balance between uh, social social programs and development, it's like who you are as the person. That sort of dictates who you are in your provincial or federal um, makeup of of character. I keep it out of my campaign because I don't see any point saying to someone, I I really I, I ran in the in the provincial for the NDP. But I do have it in my material. So if people want to read it, they'll read it, right? And, and I'm not ashamed of it, right? You know? and, but those are my beliefs. That, you know, that party is the party that I most identify with. But that is the party that I think identifies, for me personally, with more people in sure. our province. Sure. Now, when you're going door to door and you, you get this, this inevitable question, it certainly didn't happen to me at every door, but it did come up. And it was always a tough question. What do you say to the tax question? I'm paying too many taxes. Ah, oh, my taxes keep going up. My wages aren't going up. How do you respond to those? Well, I had that question yesterday in <laughs> <of> my area, <laughs> and it was it was a um, it was a point of conversation right. because it, it it it's two prongs, right? You don't want your taxes to go up. You've got to, you know people are fed up with taxes. It doesn't matter who you talk to, what party you represent, who got in, whatever. Taxes. It, it's always about that. I mean, it, 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 it trickles down to your uh, cable bills. Oh, it went up a dollar. Why did it go up a dollar? Do I have time for two hours to sit in the phone and ask them why it went up a dollar? So some people, some people don't even notice it, right? So taxes inevitably pay for programs. If we don't have that base and our budget for the city, and I don't know if people have already said this, but I think I'm right, it's about... 273 million is our budget and our capital is 85.5 million so you see the balance there you sure. see what we're going to what we're going to have to work with and what we're going to have to bring in to keep with the programs so for me taxes is is an issue that i would like to see stabilized right i don't want them to go up for anyone in our community especially not not even i mean if you're on the fixed income where are you going yeah. you're going nowhere Right, you know, you are not, and and I know that for a fact, right? I mean, uh, sure. I'm retired. My husband is retired, and you know, there's no, um, there's, there's nothing else happening there, right, at the moment, yeah. right? So, so for me, it's two prong, right? You you got to express yourself in a way that we need taxes for certain things. As long as those taxes go to the things that people want to see, like I've heard people say at the door, "I would like a swimming pool down at Beavermead because you can't use that lake." three quarters of the time and i said well you know that would that would be a big tax uh, thing you know to do that we'd have to shuffle money around and we'd have to raise money and that's a, that's okay i i don't mind private and public partnerships and they said yeah but it would be worth it sheila it would be worth it just just to have that for our kids and company and people who come to the city and to enhance uh beaver meat park so i see that as a good thing because you know why we're going to put another pool up at trent university with that new development mm -hmm. and why are we putting another pool up there you got to take a bus you, right i mean i could go on and on and and that's not that's not sustainable for me okay now one of the other uh, candidates happened to mention to me during the uh, during one of these discussions that uh, 
only, and I haven't checked this stat out, but it, it sounds uh, quite plausible. At the end of the day, uh, Trent and Fleming, only one to two percent of those graduates who weren't already living in Peterborough, only one to two percent of the outsiders who come to attend those institutions wind up staying for jobs mm-hmm. and starting their careers. How can we change that, uh, improve that, so there's more opportunity for young people? Well, part of that is development. Part of it is growing our community. Part of it is also, I believe, uh, looking to looking at them and what they're learning here and what they're doing, working our vision that for the next four years or ten years or twenty years on what they're learning and, and incorporating it into our community. So we know tech technology is big and we and we're we're doing that here. We have a that innovative program. We know that um, we know that sustain, sustainability and green space and 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 bicycling and walking is good for our health. So we got to look for for ways to create those types of programs. And it's going to be hard. Make no mistake, because with a, with the new government and cutting back of these contracts, it will be hard to get those those entrepreneur businesses up and running. Sure, sure. And just winding down here, how do you think the city should be responding to the looming threat of climate change and its planning? Well, we don't do enough, I don't think. Okay, right off the bat, I think we need to to do more. We've got to engage people who really, really understand climate change. There's people out there that, that teach courses on climate change. But I know of a lady that I met at the door who invited me in as, as I was sweating to death. And she said, hi, I'm so-and-so. And I won't give her name on the radio because yeah. I, I don't have permission. But I work on climate change and I have groups. Now, huh? I did not know that. That's great. Well, Sheila Wood, thank you so much for coming in. And uh, it's been a pleasure to find out about your campaign. I wish you well going forward. Thank you so much, Bill. And it's been a pleasure to be here today. Thank you. Not at all. Thanks very much.